You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. When you can like reshift yourself to consider a real human with real hopes, real dreams, real values, and then view that ideal person that you would like to work with, you're able to break down all the reasons why you love them and attract more people who have those things in common. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here with my co-host India Jackson to get the dialogue going. So, y'all, I <laughs> am really excited for you to hear this conversation that India and I are having today around ideal client profiles. So for those that maybe aren't familiar, again, we'll get into this, but the ideal client profile is this thing that most of us in business are told that we need to figure out so that we know who we're marketing to, who we're selling to, and we can just kind of have this Frankenstein person put together of all of these demographics that isn't actually a real human. Y'all, it's a lie and it's terrible. It's also very heavily rooted in white supremacist structures because, again, when when you have an amalgamation of something and you're picking all of these preferable pieces and putting it together, you're not actually having a whole human. And so, therefore, you are leaving the things behind that you feel as though aren't as desirable and only picking the things that feel desirable. That's not a whole human. That's not how we market to people. That's not how we attract people. That's not how we partner with and are in collaboration with people. So these types of profiles actually really put you in a place that you are excluding people and it's extremely problematic. And so our answer to that with everything that we do is always value. So we want to kind of go into where these profiles go wrong, why it's so important to really get clarity on those values for yourself and then who you want to attract and how you can do this differently. So it's time to get into it. Let's do it. So. I'm actually really excited to have this conversation just because like the title that we had, like our working titles. So whenever we work on stuff on the back end, we give them like a little bit of a working title so that we kind of know exactly what we're going to talk about. And it doesn't usually end up being the actual title. But I have to say that having something that literally just lays out standard ideal client profiles or racist, I was like, oh, I got stuff to say. So that makes me really excited. (laughs) 
<laughs> so thank you, India, for humoring me and having this conversation and letting me lead with that because I was like, oh, yes, please. Thank you. I've been trying to be more explicit in these, you know, topics. Right. right. And <laughs> you know exactly where that's going. <laughs> exactly. And I want to be clear. It's not because I'm like, ooh, racism is good. It is not. It is horrible. But being able to actually be explicit about what it is and having that conversation. And we haven't had this conversation. Oh, my gosh. I don't even remember the last time we had this conversation. I swear it feels like it was pre-pandemic. And it was either pre or like right at the beginning. Right. And so like, I feel like we've, we've learned a lot since then. And I'm really excited to, you know, really start by just, you know, setting the stage of really what these standard ideal client uh, profiles are and then why, you know, it really is humongously preferable to go with values instead. So I want to start by just asking you to give your take on what you would tell somebody a like ideal client profile is. <laughs> what I want it to be or what I've experienced it to be. What no, I want you to actually call it what it is, not the way that we package it, not the way that we have conversations about it, but what is actually out there in the world floating around that people call an ideal client profile. And yes, I'm throwing shade. I am. <laughs> oh, well, let's let's take, you know, um, step number one and look at, you know, um, the current fears of your client, right? Let's list out all of their fears. Okay, this is going terribly wrong. Can't you hear it already? Okay. Mm, number two, let's look at like, you know, what's their income level? How much money do they make? Okay. Where are they geographically located? Mm. Are they married? Mm. Do they have children? What's their race? (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, how old are they? Are they male or female? Because, you know, there's only two options there. (sighs) AFAB. (laughs) <laughs> assigned female at birth or assigned male at birth uh yeah that now that we know their income range and all that maybe we'll start to talk about you know their personality traits whether they're masculine or feminine maybe just maybe we talk about that but i really want to hone in on what's the age the gender the location the income range family and marital status, and maybe even like, what do they do for a living? Mm. Those are like the most important things. Y'all hit it. This is trash, right? This is trash. Um, and now that we know those things, we're going to formulate a full opinion of what they are willing to buy from you, whether or not they can afford to buy it from you, whether or not they want to buy it from you. And from there, we're just going to make sure that we, you know, plug all this stuff into like Google ads and Facebook ads, which is also Instagram ads, in case y'all forgot. And we're going to target these people. Mm. Uh, uh, I don't like this. (laughs) This was making me itchy. (laughs) Oh, this me. So, okay. Literally, this was making me itchy. I'm like, this is why I 
fucking hate these things. So when I, again, I've had multiple businesses, y'all. And so much of the business kind of basics that I was given were problematic at best. And they were very heavily steeped in white supremacist practices. And so I was given this idea that like your ideal client is this amalgamation, this Frankenstein that you have created of all of these demographics and societal indicators and random guesses of what type of food do they eat and what types of magazines do they read and you know what is their income level and what are they like random shit that didn't really tell you anything about them but most importantly didn't actually let them be a real human because the thing that I have to acknowledge out of everything that you said India which those are the things that show up in standard ideal client profiles that's not a human. That's that's pieces. That's box checking. And none of that actually addresses a holistic human beyond can you fit in this very narrow stereotypical box that I have created that I'm talking to. Absolutely. I don't know who you are or what you value based on your age, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what your lived experiences are based on your religion or your race. I don't. I can assume what that is, but now we're starting to get into a term that I'm sure you'd like to throw in there, Erica, about those assumptions. The fact that if you uh, assume it makes ass out of you, because that's what came to mind for me. Well, and also (laughs) like... Once you start assuming what someone cares about, what they're willing to invest in, what their challenges might be, um, you know, what their lived experience is based off of age, gender, and race and money alone, might we be going into allowing our biases to perpetuate stereotypes? Yes. And... I had to acknowledge the biggest piece that I didn't realize that really made this not feel good to me over the years. And I would love to know if this is one of the main things for you. It's the fact that I wasn't actually talking to a person. I was talking to these things that were supposed to make a person, but don't make a person. You don't know that somebody reads a certain magazine based on their age or how much money they make. You don't know what matters to them based on their level of education. And so to to decide I'm only talking to this one woman that is 27 to 32 that is a nurse and reads Red Book, <laughs> who the hell is this? This is not a person. And so how many people were being left behind and not addressed because they didn't fit into these narrow boxes and were actually being excluded based on their age, their race, their educational level on paper. Because that does not mean that you're smart. So so all of these things were creating a person that wasn't the person that I actually wanted to talk to. And I could never figure out why I hated these exercises. It's almost like you're like copying and pasting some things together and like gluing them. Mm-hmm. 
And then now like we have a human, but it's like a Franken human. It is very Franken human and, and they don't actually go together. And uh, I don't think I'm spoiling anything here, but the story of Frankenstein is it didn't work. It didn't work. You know, it was an abomination and it didn't want to exist. It shouldn't have existed. And so when you don't go deeper into what the values are and why they matter, when you are trying to identify your ideal client, who you want to work with, and maybe somebody that wants to work for you, work with you, because you don't know who wants to work with you, you really limit yourself and the possible outcomes that you can achieve when you partner with them because you are not looking for an actual whole human. Yeah, I mean, and even when I zoom out and think about the concept of an ideal client, it's usually referred to as an ideal client profile, which (laughs) love it or hate it and how my brain works, but my mind goes to racial profiling when I hear ideal client profile. And yes, accurately so, at least Uh, to me, because the minute you say profiling, you do bring race in. And these client profiles are absolutely pulling up all of these things, whether it's race, it's age, it's gender, it's location, it's societal indicators, it's income, education levels. And it is judging you. Yes. Or excluding you based on that. Or uh, on the other side, it's selecting you because you're the ideal in our society. An ideal based on whose standards? So let's also acknowledge that when we start talking (laughs) about standards and ideals, we're talking about arbitrary standards that we were told that we are supposed to apply to everything that we do as the pinnacle of what we're supposed to uh, strive for. And that in itself, again, let's go back to it's racist because it's saying if you don't adhere to this, if you are not trying to be this, then somehow you are wrong. If you are not all of these things, if you don't check these boxes, I don't want to talk to you. I'm not going to market to you. You're not important enough for me to spend my ad dollars on you. That is inherently racist and discriminatory. Absolutely. The other thing that comes to mind is like, I've seen this used interchangeably with ideal client profile is ideal client avatar. And it's like, Something about the word avatar still removes it from being a human and makes mm-hmm. it this thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think oh. about the movie Avatar, actually, when it comes to that. it Well, honestly, it makes me think of the, the movies, but it also makes me think of, um, like, if my kids are playing video games and they're making their avatar on the Wii. You make the face, you put the nose on it, you make the hair, you make the skin. Like, you create all of these things. And then we have to, you know, in the back of our minds question, well, what made me choose these specific characteristics? Is it because this is what I want it to be? Or is this because I was programmed to think that these are the attainable things that everyone should be trying to be more of or to Mm. know that they're not good enough because they're not? And so when we instill that, into the basis of trying to identify who our ideal client is and what that avatar is, that inherently is telling me 
that you want to take out the less desirable parts and sub them in for the parts that you think are preferable. That's not accepting an entire human at all. That's cutting out the pieces that you feel like are an inconvenience, which means that you're not allowing a person to be all of who they are with all of their opinions, all of their experiences, all of their values being able to be front and center because that's what really makes your ideal client. Your ideal client really comes from a place of what matters, what it is that you share, what are the things that you differ on, but you're on the same page about learning more about those differences, aka reconsider your normal, and being able to figure out where you do share a passion for impact. That's Uh, a very different place. So we keep talking about values. And at some point, you might want to figure out, okay, what's my action step? I know y'all want me to be in action. What do I need to do? Well, we have a workshop coming up in the community on July 12th. It is from implicit to explicit reconsidering what you know about values. This is an opportunity for you to be able to dive deeper and to be able to question what it is that values really are and what it is that's really happening when they're told it is something that you should have, but no one's really talked about what it is that you need to do with them. Indy and I are going to talk about why pausing to establish shared meanings and definitions is an important part of being able to truly understand what your values are across everyone that you're working with and within your teams and your life. Also, why it is that personal values are so important and as a leader, you can't leave them out. So if this is something that you want to be a part of, you can go ahead and come on into the community. This workshop is for you. You want to learn more and to become a member today, come on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community. Be considering your normal. This is what can take you from being in a box to break again on your terms. Bi-weekly, India Jackson, co-founder of Pause on the Play, has conversations exploring branding and visibility. Own your values and amplify your influence by giving the Flaunt Your Fire podcast a follow today. One of the things that you touched on that I want to double back to so I can make sure it is not lost is that when you were looking at demographics, specifically age, race, gender identity, political view, religious status, when you were looking at those things, income level, can you sit there and and compile all those things together and be able to answer what is someone's hopes? What are their dreams? What are their goals? Does that information inform, you know, what is a priority in their life, what they value, what matters most to them, what inspires them, Right? does that inform who they're responsible for? Or what is their challenge right now? What's holding them back in life? Does that inform what impact they want to have in the world? Can you answer those questions from that information? Right. You can't. What are you leaving behind? And the other piece that comes to mind for me and I want, I want your take on this. Part of what I wonder is when we talk about the piece that's left behind when it comes to the client, when we're not able to uh, a- acknowledge and witness them as an entire human with thoughts, 
feelings, perspectives, nuance, and, and, you know, experiences that have kind of congealed together to make them who they are in this moment while still leaving space for evolution. How does that somehow also limit the service provider? Because you just put them in a box. Doesn't it put you in a box too? Absolutely. And I don't believe that like in the whole, oh, well, our service or our brand or our offering or our podcast or whatever it is, is for everyone. Like, I don't agree with that. So I want to be clear about that. You can't be for everyone or you're for no one. And when you are selecting who you are for, to say that it is based on demographics, you do leave a lot of people behind. Also, you've connected with people on the surface, on the surface of who they are. You've also Frankensteined who they are in the first place, which is just not real. So there's that. So now you have this fake perfection that does not exist in the world. The world is beautifully imperfect. Mm, Fake perfection. Can we acknowledge that? Ooh, fake perfection. (laughs) And in addition to that, when you can like reshift yourself to consider, you know, a real human with real hopes, real dreams, real values, and then view that ideal person that you would like to work with more of them if you could clone them, you're able to break down all the reasons why you love them, all the reasons why you want more of them and attract more people who have those things in common. I can guarantee you that as you start to break down, specifically focusing on the values, it opens yourself up to having a diverse client base. A diverse client base that's not just diversity because we want a black hand and, you know, Mm. the picture with all the other white hands or, you know, we need an Asian person because we don't have an Asian person. But diversity that is also aligned, diversity that is real diversity, diversity that has a place where they can feel included right, and that they belong and aren't just there because they fit a demographic you didn't have. I don't want it to be lost that when people provide that for others, they're also providing it for themselves. Because when you allow other people to be able to show up in their entirety, you can show up in your entirety. Because when you paint somebody else into a box, you just painted yourself into one. And India, I know from a branding and visibility standpoint, you can you know attest to this. When you have somebody that has created this brand and this person that they work with and they can't get out of it, then you get a brand that has, you've created a prison for yourself. Absolutely. I witnessed it and it's not fun. I mean, we don't build businesses that we, you know, we don't build businesses to create our own prisons, our own hells. So I just want to bring you back to the values piece. There's something so beautiful about that values piece, right? When you are aligning what you support with what people publicly see, when you are building the relationships based on values to inform everything else, then you have the freedom to change the look of your brand over time, to change your offers over time, to change what you sell, maybe even change some of your core messages and your thought leadership over time. And not lose people because your value stayed consistent and you knew you were specifically attracting people to your brand, your business, your nonprofit, whatever it is, based on aligned 
values. And values, for the most part, don't change very much throughout our lifetime. I do think that we have those core pieces that like they're there. And the important part is as we evolve, when we see those pieces that were the non-negotiables that stayed there, because that was how I went from a beauty business into having a coaching and consulting business. And yet the ethics and what mattered to me and what my like base, my foundation was, that didn't change. And I think part of that is why it's so important to remind people that they need to start with values. You did start all of it with values. So I'm going to, I'm going to hop all for a second of even talking about the ideal client piece. But if you're going to start a, a brand, if you don't start it with values, you're not going to be able to figure out the values for your ideal client either. Because you need to know what matters to you and you need to have clarity on that. Then you can start figuring out how you want to partner with other people and what what's going to be a fit with that. But you have to start with yourself. Yeah, I mean, I kind of said that better. <laughs> I think so often it's like, let's just go off and figure out the other pieces. But it's like, we can't even start to figure this part out when you have no, like you, you, you want to build a house, but you have no foundation. You have nothing. You can't do that. You can't. And so when people just go into these standard ideal client types of, of frameworks, too often it doesn't start with what matters to you. And I do think that that's also a bit of a setup for failure. And I'm curious if you agree with that as well. Yeah. I mean, and I think it just goes back to probably capitalism being the the root of some of this. Facts. Um, and, and, you know, advice from online marketers. And I'll be transparent and say I'm in the online marketing world. And there's a lot of problematic information out there that, you know, maybe one person started and then other people just take it on and regurgitate it. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what's underneath both of those things. It's like, how can we make money the fastest? What is going to sell the fastest? What's going to make the most money and who can afford that? Right. But when we're looking at things from that perspective, we number one, leave people behind. Number two, we haven't considered what are you attracting? Is what you're attracting an aligned fit? Are they going to stay with you for multiple offers? Are they going to stay with you 10 years down the road? Because just looking at who can afford what you're selling the fastest doesn't mean there's any loyalty there. It also doesn't necessarily mean that it's pulling in the people that your team, that your employees, that your colleagues, or if you're a solopreneur, that you yourself are going to enjoy working with and that you feel passionate about showing up for. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I do think there's the piece of like, do people want to stay with you? But there's also, do you want them to stay with you? Are you calling in clients intentionally that are a good fit that you want to continue to work with? Right. That image of the perfect client, right? And the perfect brand on the outside, you know, it was fine, but I think it's just important to truly take a look at how can you actually have a brand 
that feels as good as it looks on the outside, on the inside, right? That you're excited to come to work for, that you enjoy what you're doing with, and that maybe you actually like the people you're servicing to. I mean, that goes a long way. It does. In relationship building. I'm just saying. I mean, it's true. And back on episode 161, when I was talking with Chelsea Stevenson, like, we talked about that. And she was explicit. She was like, do I know this person's hopes and fears? Do I want to have lunch with you? Do I want to like, actually spend time with this person? Because we spend a lot of times, you know, very often we spend more time in our businesses than we do in our lives sometimes. At least that's how it can feel. And so if you are spending time with people that are not an aligned fit and not not the Stepford, we're all the same. That's not an aligned fit. That's a copycat. That's just repetition for the sake of we're going to all be the same. That's not what we're talking about. Right. But are you actually bringing in people that you look forward to them? Like pay attention. Like what if, if somebody's name comes up in your inbox and you're immediately like, oh, God, they're probably not an aligned fit. Why? You know, what about their values and your values doesn't fit? But that all goes back to, are you clear on what your values are and what the values are of the type of person that you want to call in? I love having conversations like this. When we get to go in and really just pull apart these things that have been normalized as a standard of how things should be done and to blow holes in all of these shoulds, to remind you to reconsider your normal when you are creating your foundation and what you really need to examine versus what you're told this has to actually, you know, be to work. Because work for who? Why does this work? And so being able to actually create a foundation of, of understood values that you have, that you know that you want your client to have in order to really be able to partner with them in a strong way. That's really where the magic is happening. And that's really where we want you to remember that everything always goes back to values. Every time that you show up here and you take in these real conversations, thank you. We appreciate you being a part of normalizing the challenging things and making them a part of your everyday exchanges. This is how together we remove stigma and create real change and connection. Together, we can continue getting more people to drop the veil while challenging their thoughts, feelings, actions, and state of being. So till the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. We also acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the stolen land of the Susquehannock, Piscataway, Montego people native to this area known as Maryland. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly 
This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?